Hello, ako si Judas Cavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Raffler Podcast episode kung saan hihimayin natin ang mga may init at mahalagang isyo sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Raffler's News Break, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin ang evolusyon ng Office of the Vice President of the Philippines. Kung susundin ang 1987 Constitution, talaga nga namang spare tire lamang ang bisit-presidente. Ibig sabihin, ang kanyang pangunahing mandato ay puna ng iyong espasyo na kung may mangyari man sa Pangulo natin. Nakadepende talaga sa kung sino na sa posisyon ang magiging direksyon at priority ng opisina na ito. Nakita natin ito sa kung ano ginawa ni Lenny Robredo. Kanyang si Sara Duterte na ang basis presidente, ano magiging prioridad ng kanyang opisina? Paano niya ipapakita ang kanyang marka? Tatalakay natin ang tanong na ito kasama ang dalawang rapper reporters. Una ay si Mara Cepeda who covered the office of the vice president under Robredo. Hi Mara! Hi Judas! Hi Bea! Kasama rin natin si Bea Kupin, who covered the campaign of Inday Sara Duterte and now closely follows the ruling, ruling coalition under the Marcos administration. Hi, Bea! Good evening, guys! Hello! Thank you, guys, for joining me today. So, let's begin with Mara. I know mm-hmm. I mentioned a bit during my opening spiel, pero what do we need to know about the position of the vice president in general at yung opisina mm-hmm. niya? Ang office of the vice president, it's really, you know, a spare tire position. Just look at the 1987 constitution. Ang trabaho ng vice presidente ay to act as the president when the elected, really elected president of the country gets sick, gets incapacitated, is ousted, or namatay. Wala siyang mandate to hold a specific job or a specific task, unlike, for example, Congress or the judiciary specified in sa constitution. And so, the challenge for vice presidents in, you know, Philippine history is how to make that office their own. The thing is, especially in the post-EDSA years, the vice presidents were usually given cabinet positions, but it was only, I believe, under the administration of Duterte where the sitting vice president, si, si Lenny Robredo, she was given a cabinet position, HUD seat. She was housing czar for a couple of months. It was the same position, actually, granted to her predecessor, si Jejo Marbinay, but hindi din tumagal dun si Robredo because eventually she was eased out of the cabinet meetings of Duterte and that forced her to resign. And so, in a way, that challenged Robredo to make the office of vice president her own and doon niya ipinasak yung kanyang mga advocacies. My next question is for the both of you, no? You mentioned Mara kanina na yun nga, nasa mandato nga lang talaga sa ang konstitusyon na maghihintay lang ang, presi- ang vice president kung may mangyari sa presidente at siya mag-fill in ng gap na iiwan. May it be because mm. of illness or anything. Yung ganitong mandato na Speaking ito lang, is this both a blessing, a curse, or pareho? Let's begin with Bea. Jumping off from what Myra mentioned, right? Parang kumbaga sabi siyang blank slate. It can be what you want it to be. It's both. I think it's both. One, it gives you space to maneuver how you want to maneuver the office, how you want to function as a government official. So pwede kang, you can play up to your strengths, or you can even use it as a political tool, and I think we can talk about that later. Pero yung, yung asterisk, yung but na part lang dito, syempre, because you don't have a defined role in Philippine government, nakasadala yung fate mo. In a way, it depends on how the president feels towards you, right? Like Mara mentioned, Lenny Robredo, the former vice president, was given HUDC for a bit, 
pero nawala din siya right away. She wasn't technically fired, pero parang hindi siya, you know, she was told to stand down and not attend cabinet. So parang ganun lang din yun. And that was the first time since post it's a little bit of political history trivia, no? Parang apparently pala, one of the first vice presidents to have not been granted a cabinet post was actually Justado Macapagal kasi part of the opposition siya at de facto opposition leader siya nung time like Carlos Garcia. Hindi siya binigyan ng cabinet post. So, Yun nga, parang yung, your fate is both your own, but it's also dependent on the political situation. For example, before lang I toss to Mara, parang Jeju Marbinay was not part of the ruling coalition under the late President Aquino, but he was, on a personal level, he was good friends with the, the late President Aquino. So even if hindi siya part ng then ruling Liberal Party, he was given space in the cabinet, di ba? Parang, and yes. there were factions also in that administration, but you can talk mm-hmm. about that much later. So for, for Binay, for example, he was still, ginawa niya rin yun eh, kahit nga may cabinet position siya, may kita mo yung mga advocacies niya or platforms niya, even as long time Makati mayor, na idala niya yun sa office of the VP when he was, you know, eventually became the second highest official in the land. For example, yung medical assistance program na sikat na sikat yung Makati LGU under. Binay dinala, dinala niya rin yun sa OVP. And Binay was also given, I believe, presidential advisor din siya for OFW. So that allowed him also to reach out to OFWs more, help bring them home kung may mga nare-repatriate, to help rescue them. And in a way, na naging advantage din yun ni Binay eventually nagamit niya rin sa kanyang presidential run, though of course he he didn't win. For for Robredo naman, she she managed to use the the fact that she didn't have a cabinet post to really just focus on her anti-poverty program angat buhay. And we know na by now that program eventually became a platform for the office of the VP to link private companies to communities in need. And it and Robredo was able to do it in such a manner that it was quick, efficient, it responded to the immediate needs of the communities that they're targeting despite the measly budget of the OVP. So I think as compared siguro to Binay, because I covered the tail end of Binay's vice presidency, and mas, mas na-highlight tuloy yung role ng OVP in a way. Kasi Robredo didn't have any other any other position na for most of her time in office. And of course, during the pandemic, even lawmakers, for example, who are allied, who were allied with the ruling coalition under Duterte, also praised the OVP's pandemic response efforts. Kasi nga, you know, Robredo didn't have anything else. Parang for her, one of her personal goals talaga for the OVP was to turn it into a mere ceremonial office, into an advocacy-driven one. And to be fair to the former vice president, nagawa naman niya yun. Would you say this was her legacy that ma elevate yung OVP under her leadership? Uh, how, how would you also uh, define her? May other ways pa to define her leadership in the past six years? Mm-hmm. Definitely, that that's the legacy that Robredo left behind at the OVP. And actually, she, she said that three goals for herself and for the, her team at the OVP when she started her term. Una daw is one, to turn the, the the office of the VP from a mere ceremonial office into an advocacy-driven one. And we know that meron siya mga programs. Hindi lang the usual medical assistance, eh, tinuloy niya yun. So tinuloy niya yung mga magagandang projects ni Binay at dinagdagan pa, which is something that we want our, our leaders actually to do, build on and expand the good projects of your predecessor. Kahit hindi mo sila kaalyado politically. Number two, Robredo also took pride that she was able to 
shield, move away from politics, yung activities ng OVP. On one hand, that's good because then you know that the angat buhay, the way angat buhay targeted communities was not because they were vote rich, but because these were the communities that really needed the assistance. Pero if you look at it politically, naging naging downside din yon for Robredo when she ran her presidential campaign because the Angat Buhay Network could have been a very, very good sleeper cell eh, for her campaign, pero hindi niya ginamit. Yeah. And number three, another legacy of, of Robredo is she also professionalized the OVP, very particular siya na whenever they would get the highest audit rating, the unqualified opinion from COA. And, and in government, kasi kahit sa mga mayor, sa mga governors, they take pride in that because it means walang problema sa mga finances. Finances transactions nila, their their bidding process, usually dyan nakakahanap ng anomalia, di ba? Dyan yung iniimbestigahan ng, ng sandigan pa, ng ombudsman. Nagawa yun ng OVP for her last four years in office, four out of six years. Ibig sabihin, yung two years yun, syempre inayos nila whatever the, needed to be fixed. And I think that's really the legacy of Lenny Robredo, making the OVP advocacy-driven, yeah. professionalizing the ranks of the OVP. Mara, we know Robredo as the opposition leader. Talaga yung battle siya, no? As herself, mm-hmm. as an opposition leader. But beyond that, the OVP, talaga malita talaga yung budget niya, may budget constraints siya. How did the former vice president, parang turn this around, na naging successful yung projects niya, how did he parang work around the the reality na usually pag OVP talaga, malita ng sweldo or budget compared to other agencies na mas malaki yung mandate nila compared sa OVP? So yung naging style ni Robredo para makatulong yung OVP is to partner up with private organizations or private companies na sila yung gumagastos. Uh, they shoulder many of the costs. When they have, when they do solicit donations, hindi siya pumapasok sa OVP kasi bawal yun under the law. What they do is they partner with a foundation that collects the donations and then the OVP really puts in the effort to make it transparent in all the social media pages and all the platforms that they can. So yun, doon nila dinadaan yung, yung budgeting. And so, that's why Roberto would always say, you know, it's not, she's just the face of the OVP's efforts, but it's really her team, it's really the Angat Buhay partners who made all these projects possible. My next question, can uh, anyone can answer no? Parang out of, naisip ko lang bigla na, yung fact na wala talagang nasa mandato ng OVP na ganito lang gagawin na spare tire na sila. Wala talagang parang threshold kung ano yung mga pasasabi na magaling yung ginawa nila. Walang parang framework. Do you think yung ganito, eventually, it will lead to good things? Or, kasi if I remember what Robredo, yung Robredo, di ba, sa atin, from the eyes of anyone, if technical lang, ang ganda, ang galing na ginawa niya. Pero if kikita yung, yung mga ibang mga other sides of the conversation, sabihin nila, maraming nila kasabi na kulang pa ginawa niya o lang ginagawa si Robredo. I think that the fact that there are KPIs basically sa batas, aside from being spare tire, I think after the six years, it will be a disadvantage to an OVP because it will be a legacy niya, outside of those like, echo chamber of the opposition groups. Also, this echo chamber, the legacy niya is that he is opposition, he has no account. Anyone can answer you? Mas political kasi na question yun. Parang hindi siya ma... Parang it's hard to whittle it down to... Kasi walang set role si, si VP. Kaya ganito yung nangyari. Specifically to Lenny Robredo. Parang mas complicated siya than that because you have the political dynamics. Kasi you can... There have been proposals, di ba? To mandate na may sure na cabinet post ang isang vice president regardless of whoever they are affiliated with. Parang there have been calls to do that. But then you have the question again of bakit mo naman i-impose sa president yung selection of a cabinet? Like, why are we forcing an elected president 
to appoint anyone, a vice president, for instance, who he or she or they might not get along with. So I don't know, like like if you're talking about the concept, parang specific to to Lenny Robredo, the former vice president, parang it's hard to say because I think it's more a political question. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the role itself can cure or can is a factor in that. I don't, I'm not sure. Parang another question, no, lum- lumalabas na sa ngayon yung Nakadepende sa tao na nasa posisyon, yung expectation sa kanya. For example, hindi sa posisyon mismo, sa VP mismo, but sa person will occupy the post. Yung magiging expectation sa mga tao sa opisina niya. Parang yeah. gano'n. Okay. It's it's very personality-driven nga in a way. Yeah. In a strange way. Like, parang kunwari, I think Jeju Marbina, and, and this is a very, this might be a rookie assessment of things, he really politicized the role in the way na turbocharged na yung, yung, yung weird tension that he is friend, he was friends with with the late president, Aquino, but he was not friends with with the allies of the late president, Aquino. In fact, nag-carry over yung tension na yun, di ba? Kaya wala si former VP Jeju Marbina sa inauguration ni former VP Lenny Robredo, even though he was invited because mm-hmm. he said, Nahirap na, parang yung tension pa ng partido. So, I don't know, it's good or bad din yun. I think na personality-driven, maybe you can argue na it fuels into the perennial problem of personality-driven Philippine politics. Mm. But yeah, it's interesting to see. Uh, talon na to sa topic natin, pero if they're serious about proposals to amend the constitution, like how would would there still be a VP? What would it look like? But ibang topic na siguro. So a lot of the proposals, some of the proposals na consistently, at, well, I started covering Congress 2016. So yung mga consistent na proposal is tandem voting. So patterned hmm. after the US, or constitution is patterned after the US. Yung sinasabi mo dyan, if you could redefine your role as VP, I think some of the politicians are realizing na ang hirap kasi pagka separate yung pagboto natin sa president and VP, we're not always going to end up with a tandem like President Marcos and VP Sara Duterte na talagang magka-partner sila ng election. So in a way, pagka manggaling kayo sa ibang partido, hindi talaga may iwasan ang tingin sa'yo ng tao, ikaw yung opposition leader. And this was really heightened with Roberto. She was literally the opposition leader. She was the highest elected official from the once ruling party. And so some of the some of our lawmakers think the better na lang na president and VP are elected as a tandem and in that way ma-avoid yung clash between the two highest officials in the land and they're going to be more in sync. But tingin ko now under the current administration, it's going to be up to Sara Duterte how she would yeah. redefine that role. And I think it we really have to point out kung mandate lang yung pag-uusapan, mas, mata- mas malaki yung mandato niya kaysa yeah. dun sa... Sa ating pangulo, and many of our supporters wanted her to run for president. Yeah. And so it would be very interesting how she's going to make the vice presidency her own. Is she going to use that as a political, to make a political statement against or for in support of the president? Or she's going to step back and, you know, be the, the partner to the president? So something very interesting. I think Bea could probably could tell us more about what we can expect from Vice President yeah. Sara. But before we go to Vice President Sara, no, they, uh, I know we mentioned na kanina si Binay, parang when it comes to Vice Presidents talaga, si Binay na talaga yung pinala sa consciousness ko kasi <laughs> siya na yung Vice President nung no, naging political aware ako. Pero since ikaw, Bea, yung may pinaka-oldest political memory sa grupo na to. Kaya <laughs> 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 uh, no, but, uh, yeah. but the thing is though, I kind of, 
things. Yung start din ng awareness ko was kind of binay na din. But I do have snippets of, of previous yeah. presidents. I think the, the vice president who stands out is Gloria Macapagal Arroyo. Like, mm-hmm. in the post... Tama ba? Yeah, in the post-EDSA era, siya pa lang yung nag-fulfill ng actual role ng VP, which is to take over the role of president. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right? Um, kasi yun yung thing. I think, and this is also siguro a handicap of, of us reporters, no, na we live in the moment, we're running yeah. after the current story. We, we're not always educated on the, the exact political scenario when this took place. Like, for example, we just learned na, okay, Gloria Macapagalore took over Erap Estrada when he was ousted from power, but we weren't, like, sure about the political situation then. Like, ano ba yung dynamics nila? Yeah. And then, I, I so, so I was, when I was talking to historians who were studying this, or they were alive, and they were adults when this was happening, parang, even pala yung inauguration ni ERA, parang may tension na rin ng konti. Although, mm. the former vice president, former president, now representative, was there sa Barasuin nung bonggang inauguration ni ERA Pistrada as president. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, parang syempre yun yung ano. And I don't, I have to research this nga eh. Parang Gloria Arroyo was the SWD chief when she was the vice president of Erop Estrada. Um, and then eventually she, she rose to president, no? Pero yun nga, parang I think after the Gloria years, Noli de Castro, the, the journalist broadcaster and then vice president to Gloria Arroyo was also Hudsi. Tama ba? Oh, Hudsi siya nung housing yes. din siya, housing czar din siya. Na yun din yung, so parang naging ano nga siya, no? parang naging de, de facto pick for uh, a VP kasi si Binay Hudsi din and given another role. With Sarah, now that she she is the DepEd chief, parang after the Gloria era, ito na ulit yung sobrang prominent na post yeah. in government of a sitting vice president. Funny you said nga, di ba? Yun nga, na, I have to always remind myself na naging vice president nga si Gloria Macapagal Arroyo. Parang, <laughs> yun nga, and yung parang nag-trigger sa akin is when I think of Ed sa 2 yun, di ba, sa may ano, yung hmm. memory ko, andun siya, di ba? Nandun siya. So, yun yung parang na, ah, oo nga pala, naging VP nga siya bago siya maging presidente. So, and, but I always forget na kailangan ko pang maalala agad para isipin pa, so, sinong VP niya? Kailangan yeah. naging VP si Shofisto Gingona. Yeah. <laughs> so, ayun, parang binay talaga yung main ka na, ah, ito yung role ng VP. Pero, Bea, you mentioned na si Inday Sara Duterte, no? So, can you, can you tell us, ano yung pagiging priority niya as OVP muna? What can you expect from her? Okay, siguro a, a, a little backtracking from the 2022 campaign, no? Parang, it was a little awkward for her kasi I think we've we've talked about this over and over again that sobrang sa huli na nilabas ni President Bongbong Marcos, then a candidate yung platform niya. And even then, it was just through a series of campaign platform videos, quote-unquote, na quick snippets lang of, of what he intended to do. Uh, eventually, paunti-unti, nag-roll out sila ng plans. But from the very beginning, Sara Duterte was clear na three yung priorities niya. Peace and order, post-pandemic economic recovery. Pero yung pag-encapsulate niya dun ay hindi na tayo mag-shutdown ulit, mag-lockdowns ulit kasi meron namang vaccines. And education. Although, at that time, kasi yung, yung sabi-sabi, she wanted the defense post. Pero looking back, o oh nga pala, parang she always emphasized the importance of education in the context of development in the Philippines. no So, Sara Duterte, her priorities as OVP, that's the thing. Although she has open satellite offices, that was what happened over the weekend after she was, uh, after their term started rather, nag-activate na siya ng anim na satellite offices around the country. One in Luzon, and then I think there are more in Visayas than in Mindanao. 
or I have to double check yung yung pag-distribute na nyo. Parang we can't deny the fact that the chunk of your time needs to be devoted to DepEd. Kasi in itself, is such a challenging role. What more, when you're in the middle, like you're still in the middle of a pandemic tech, diba? Na although you have vaccines, you're still recovering and you haven't returned to 100% face-to-face classes and that's the focus. And then I think, naging halata yun na sobrang laki ng role niya kasi after the economic situation in the Philippines, second priority ng first cabinet meeting ni President Marcos was the return of face-to-face classes. And in fact, when he talked about the pandemic and when we talked about transportation, yung lens niya ay through the return to face-to-face classes. So sobrang, andun pa rin ulit na, na Vice President Salo Duterte can make the OVP, can shape it the way that she wants. But I think, I mean... I cannot speak for her, obviously, but like if you look at it, syempre, her time, her her efforts need to be poured into the depth of uh, You mentioned kanina yung about the satellite offices, no? Can you tell me ano rational nito? You know, you mentioned before, even before she won, na nasa planta ata nila talaga yon, or mas heighten your presence ng OVP sa iba't ibang regions or provinces. Pero do you think this is a good move? Considering you said kanina na talagang parang much of his time, her time or resources ay mapapor sa step at secretary. I mean, honestly, kung kaya, eh, hindi naman siya yung magmamando ng satellite office na to. Yeah, Pero, oh. I mean, if her team can pull it off, sobrang laking, ang laki ng potential ng satellite office to, for, because of several reasons, no? So, the proposal nga to open satellite offices was was a very early proposal, although back then, hindi clear kung ano bang gustong gawin ng satellite office na to. Basta lang daw, they want to bring services of government para hindi na daw kailangan pumunta ng Metro Manila. Which you can argue, di ba may regional offices naman talaga yeah. yung mga iba't ibang departamento, tapos meron pa yung mga LGU itself, di ba? May mga, may mga frontliner na mga uh, offices dyan to address yung mga basic needs ng uh, mga tao. And in fact, parang ngayon lang na-clarify what the satellite offices are for. So it turns out, parang ano lang, it's, it's, it's a way to extend the OVP program na all the way from Jejomar, Vice, former Vice President Jejomar Binay, burial assistance, medical assistance. Mm. But when I say the grabe yung potential niya, we can't deny that Sara Duterte, again, nabanggit mo nga kanina, Sara Duterte was the leading presidential candidate before the filing of candidacies. Umangat lang naman si President Mar- now President Marcos when Sara Duterte uh, declared na she won't be running for president. In fact, she'll be running as his vice president. So having your office in around the country can you imagine the network that potentially builds mm-hmm. and mara mentioned this earlier nga diba na parang angat buhay could have been a potent network for former vice president Lenny Robredo which she didn't use it because she was I, I, I'd like to think she was very earnest na ayaw niya talaga naman talaga. Yes. wala siyang plans of running in 2022 Sarah Duterte obviously has not spoken about 2028 because why would she? <laughs> they just started their terms but if you look at it diba like DepEd plus OVP with the satellite offices. That's a that's an amazing network that mm, any yes. budding poli- national politician would kill to have. Frankly, my political advice, tapos si Bea Kupin sa pinis for the Pero yun 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 Bea undeniable na magiging mataas din expectations ng mga tao kay Sara Duterte. Outside the siya yung laki ng mandate na laki ng votes niya ng election. But also kasi yung yung OVP, undeniable talaga. Ang galing ng ginawa ni Robredo doon sa opisina na yun. No? As mentioned nga kanina talaga na na-highlight talaga yung OVP under her leadership. Do you think pa yung thinking ni VP Duterte ganito na I need to achieve what 
or surpass what Robredo did for me to make to make my mark or wala sa thinking na yon I'll do my I'll do my own job or can you expect a different approach I'll approach it the, by through the lens of which Sarah Duterte has processed the fact that she has a father who is a giant figure who came before her and in fact diba parang mayor of Davao that is si Rodrigo Duterte she in- inherited that's just a bad word but in effect she did inherit that post right y- you always feel a sense in in Sarah Duterte that she wants she does want to create her own mold parang in 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 the context of the Davao City Hall diba parang she I wouldn't say overhauled, but she brought in her own people. She wanted to make it distinct that this is the Sara Duterte brand of government. And it's and I might share in that I'm also a Duterte. I, I carry with me the, the, the Duterte brand, but the Sara Duterte brand is not the same as the Rodrigo Duterte brand. So it's gonna be interesting how she'll mold the OVP. It, it's gonna it's at the same time, mahirap siya ha, parang, yeah. parang hindi mo rin kasi realistically hindi rin niya masasplit na parang pantay OVP and DepEd, right? Again, given the context of ang laki ng expectation sa DepEd, ang laki ng burden, ang laki ng to-do list, ang haba ng to-do list ng, ng DepEd. So, she actually hasn't been granting media interviews since she was inaugurated no sorry that's a lie she she did grant a, a short press conference with us in davao city uh, the day after her inauguration but but since in but since their term started she hasn't really been talking to media but she's been engaging in this meeting so and, and they're supposed to issue a department order dapat at today lalabas or baka bukas na lalabas regarding the return to face to face classes and vaccination tied to that so we'll, we'll see but but i think it ito parang Ano na siya, no? Parang gasgas na nga ata to na Sarah Duterte is, is her own person. But people talk about that in the context of, of a Rodrigo Duterte in Davao City. So nationally, will she do the same? Probably yes. How how successful will she be in forging her own brand of a Duterte national politician? No, we'll see. I know you mentioned that na parang hindi naman siguro open ni VP Duterte na gusto niya ma-achieve yung goal, achieve needs, Robredo. Pero, Mara, if kanina na gusto rin ma-elevate talaga yung OVP, like the way Rob, uh, Robredo did, what will it take for Duterte to, t- to hit the goals? Considering Kasi, yung, I, uh, 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 considering yung current technicalities lang na laging mababa ang, mababa ang budget ng OVP, shatter ganun. Tingin ko, Sarah Duterte might have also to create a flagship program this and brand it as hers, brand it as the OVP is the same way that, you know, Lenny Robredo and her team branded the Angat Buhay as the flagship anti-poverty program spearheaded by Robredo. And if they're able to do that, you know, very well, madaling ma-identify yun. And here's the thing, Sarah Duterte is very strong politically, so whatever yeah. program she's going to launch at the OVP, it's going to resound across the provinces because it's Sarah Duterte. And I feel like maybe she she would. I I feel like maybe she 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 probably would do would launch her own program. But we'll we'll, we'll have to see how exactly she would do it. Yeah. yeah. And to, to add to yeah. what Mara said, de ba? Naalala ko kasi yung sit down interview ni former Vice President Lenny Robredo with with Maria, where she talked about how basically like a lot of local politicians. I, I don't know what what the proper yeah. word is. But hesitant or scared to work with more her. of both actually the <laughs> she and she said that in in her sinabi niya yun kay Maria na mas marami pa sigurong natulungan yung angat buhay 
if there were fewer politicians who didn't want to be seen yeah. with her. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Sarah, Sarah, everybody yeah. loves Sarah, right? Yeah, exactly. So, pagka nag-launch ng program sa OVP, baka magkakandara pa yung mga politiko na yan. Ah, gusto namin makipag-partner din. Which is good for the country, right? If it's going yeah. to be a good program. No, like, if you think about it, again, not to diminish the majority mandate of, of President Marcos, but hers is a bigger mandate. And then, di ba, people have been, analysts will tell you, and we can tell you, na parang a lot of, like, malaking factors is in Daisara Duterte yes. sa Marcos win. Because, uh, first of all, na, she eliminated herself as a, as a rival for the presidency, right? By, by agreeing to the coalition to the unity coalition the unity coalition so na, parang kumpaga kung kung potency lang of political power it's it's there she has very strong allies in both houses of congress right both as a member of lakas cmd and by just simply being sara duterte at this point for my last question for mara Bea, may isa pa akong tanong sa'yo. Pero, Mara, sabi mo kanina, you covered the OVP for six years, then the tail end of the Binaya VP term. What's your biggest takeaway from covering the OVP for many years? Even if it's a spare tire position, it's up to the vice presidents themselves to make it their own. And they can use that either to help the people or they can use that as a political vehicle to eventually become president. Let's face it, the moment you become VP, everybody's going to think that you're probably going to aim for the presidency. Kasi parang doon ka na eh, isang step ka na lang eh, di ba? And so, I've covered two people. One really wanted to be president as a child. The other one had no ambitions to become president but was called to run for the position. And if you are vice president, you actually have the potential machinery or you have the means to make such a machinery in the next six years so that when you do run your presidential campaign, nice setup mo na yun. Yeah. Um, but um, ano rin eh, you're going to be a target just because you're the vice president. That happened to Binay, that happened to Robredo. Regardless of whether they, in the case of Binay, he declared early. Robredo declared late, but she was still attacked. So when you're the VP, you're in that position that makes you a potential target for political rivals. So, nasa sa'yo yun. Gagamitin mo ba yung position na yun to eventually propel yourself to the presidency? Or are you just going to focus on whatever advocacy you've decided to, to, to champion for as vice president? And at least with the two VPs, may mga parallelism sa storya nila, pero makikita mo na kung saan sila nag-iba. Yeah. So, it's very interesting for me. Fun. Fun to cover the VP, actually. Bea naman, from our discussions din talaga, so, ang daming ganap sa buhay ni VP Duterte. Uh, ang dami niyang ganap. And, uh, aside from being a key political f- figure on her own, siya yung maging VP and maging Deputy Secretary. What can possibly derail whatever VP Duterte wants to do for her office? Do you think na if hindi magawa na maayos, yung fact na ang dami niyang ganap might possibly be disadvantageous? Yeah, siguro not just for Vice President Duterte, but even for President Marcos also. Huge mandate. First time nagka-majority elected president and vice president. Yes, that's a flex, but it also puts pressure on them to maintain that political power. Ang aga pa to talk about that, it's only, what day is it? Nawawala na ako sa, ano, July 6, right? <laughs> parang wala pang, <laughs> sorry, medyo nakakangarag kasi pala ang, ang malakanya, ngayon ko lang nare-realize. Pero parang yun nga, parang it's also a lot of 
pressure because that's you, you have to fulfill your promise to majority of Filipinos who who hope against all hope on your promise of unity. So so yun yung broad picture don. Second is that and again, parang it's such a tricky role, right? A lot of things are being asked of you. It affects a lot of Filipinos, not just the students, but their parents, the teachers, the staff in the different schools around the country. So it, it's a it's a daunting role. Not to say hindi niya kaya, but like, di ba, parang kumbaga, ang taas ng, on top of that majority mandate, you have the gargantuan role as the education secretary in the Philippines in the middle of an education crisis, may issue pa of history, uh, how history is being taught here, face-to-face classes, may pandemic, parang layer upon layer of, of challenges in the Department of Education. And then jumping off also from, yes, Robredo has left behind high standards as the vice president, but yung malaking but dito, she's also been the target of relentless attacks, diba? So kung popularity din, even if she performed well, you can't deny na, and the survey numbers will tell you this, diba? Na medyo hindi nagre-reflect, parang hindi kumbaga pantay yung perception sa performance. So that can be a good and bad thing for Vice President Sara Duterte because kumbaga numerically the standards are there but she has the advantage of again wildly popular Vice President, her father, the former president, exited his presidency as the most popular president since surveys were being recorded so that's also another thing going for her. Well, yung Again, it's too early to talk about this. I think it's only been a week in the in the current administration. But there's always the threat, the the possibility. What if she falls out of favor uh, with the ruling coalition? Although she does again, tayo, majority mandate. But at the end of the day, the president, President Marcos, is the president, right? So he will still lead that that ruling coalition. And even though, if you go talk about politics, mukhang lakas si MD, uh, the party that Sara belongs to, will be the dominant party in 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 the house the leader of la cmd in the house at least the presumptive house speaker is the cousin of of the presidency representative romalde so you know yung complications na yun in the the ruling coalition of course the opposition forces will look at this with a with a tinge of glee na parang, oh my god it's such a fragile coalition but but you know parang hindi natin alam kung how Will this coalition become stronger as they collect more political power, or conversely, because of all the power that they're accumulating? So, yun. And, and finally, yun nga, parang Rodrigo Duterte stepped down from power. He doesn't seem like he has plans of running for a political office again. And in fairness, matanda na rin kasi parang iba rin na rin yung, yung stress on the body to run, for, to run and hold office again. So in effect, the Duterte dynasty is now in the hands of, of one Sara Duterte. Her brothers are, hold political positions. Her youngest brother is the mayor. He took over the role that, that Sara Duterte vacated. Uh, her older brother is, 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 the, is in Congress, um, representing Davao City's first district. But parang yun nga, parang how, parang siya na yung center of power ng Duterte dynasty. And that's also a lot of pressure. And we'll see how well she is, aside from being the vice pre- a sitting vice president aside from being the ed will also see ito na totoong test sa kanya as a political kingpin napaka sexist man <laughs> ang gendered naman ng term na yon pero as you know, the center of political power we'll see how she handles that kasi ito na talaga parang 
it was one thing to head hugpong ng pagbabago in Davao region, but it's another to kumbaga be the highest elected lakas CMD official in the land as the vice president. So, ang dami-dami nating kailangan abangan. Parang nakaka-excite, no? <laughs> Nakakatakot. Ito talaga yung excitement. Yes. Nakakatakot mangyari, pero nakaka-excite ko ano pwede mangyari dahil nga, as Bea mentioned, napakalaki ng mandate. At the same time, palaki ng power ni Inday Sara Duterte ngayon sa administration to. Kahit sabihin na VP siya ni Marcos, pero tinignan mo yung votes and even yung power niya even before the election, the campaign, bago siya na-name as VP ni Marcos, napakalakas talaga. So marami tayong pag-uusapan ba in the coming months. Para sa ating mga viewers na gusto sumari sa discussion about this and iba pang issues sa Pilipinas, pwede kayo sumari sa Facebook group ng Rappler. Ang pangalan ay Rappler Room. Maraming salamat, Bea and Mara, for joining me today. Napakada- Alam kong busy si Bea, lalo na si Bea ngayon. Panoorin niyo yung news break chats kanina o 4pm. About siya naman siya sa legacy ni- na iiwan ni Duterte kay Marcos. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rapper and News Race sa Facebook, pati na rin sa Twitter. Kung gusto mo na access to exclusive content and events, pwede ka sumali sa Rapper Plus. Kung meron ka namang gusto na topic that you think we should discuss in our podcast, pwede ka mag-email sa investigative at rapper.com. Again, I'm Jules Gavilan, and this is News Break Beyond the Stories. If you enjoyed this podcast, help us continue to do what we do by contributing to Rappler. You can support us by making a donation of any amount through rplr.co slash support Rappler. That's rplr.co slash support Rappler. Or click on the link in the description. Your donation directly supports fearless, independent journalism in the Philippines.